0: Welcome back to Bread and Butter everybody. Where we are the Hearthstone podcast where we serve up the basics for your Hearthstone improvement needs. Welcome to episode 26. We have a very special guest today. A lot of people know him, a lot of people use what he does. Donkey, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear it. I'm doing pretty good. Um just Little sore from recovering from a hike a couple days ago. Tito, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing fantastic. I'm a little insulted that um, Donkey would wear a New York Yankees shirt to
1: our podcast, but that's okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll let it slide. I, I I am actually a Mets fan, and I ha- I'm wearing a Yankees shirt. But I'm not sure that's whatever. better. I, I, do- <laughs> I don't follow baseball anymore, so it doesn't matter to me.
2: Uh, but Doc, I am doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Um, but um. Donkey,
1: what have you been doing in Hearthstone lately? Hearthstone lately has been Battlegrounds for me. It's it's my typical thing where we get a new content in Battlegrounds and then I play Battlegrounds for two weeks and then I don't play Battlegrounds for a while. So
2: what's your MMR? So I'm
1: still jabbing. I am 8k on EU and almost 8k on Americas. Damn. I want get, to get both to 8k and then I'll probably stop playing for a bit.
2: How about yourself, Doc? What have you been up to?
0: Um, so I started playing standard again a little bit. Uh, I've been playing pure Paladin. Um, but because I haven't played in standard so long, my standard brain uh, doesn't work well. So it has not been going as well as it should based off of how well the deck can perform. Uh, but I've been playing a lot of BGs. Well, a lot for me. Uh, I am just shy of 54 or 50, I believe. Um, and as of today, all of the tribes are back in BGs, so there's no longer some banned tribes. So I have yet to have a cool board game, uh, was really hunting for that today, but it just, it just didn't happen. RNG wasn't on my side. Uh, Tito, what have you been doing in Hearthstone?
2: Um, I have also been playing a lot of BGs. I'm not quite as high as you guys. I'm probably around 4,500 or so. Um, but that's higher than I normally am at this time of year. It has been fun. Um, I have also yet to have the Cool Bar game or the Mech game yet, but I um, did have some fun Naga games today, and um, there's some strong cards there, and of course dragons are always fun. Um, Hearthstone Standard, I made Legend finally a little slower this month. I'm probably around like 8K right now, but um, I've mostly been focused on prepping for THL uh, because we had the two-week layover because um, when they do a patch... They give us an extra week, usually, to prepare and not have to force our way into, like, the new cards. And um, I did that. Um, I'm actually playing this Sunday on the THL channel, so that's the first time I'm going to be on stream. So that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, hopefully y'all come out and root for me, 10 o'clock, Sunday night. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, Donkey, what have you been doing outside of Hearthstone?
1: Outside of Hearthstone? Um i don't really play much video games outside of hearthstone mostly play board games and other stuff outside of hearthstone and D actually had a two days in a, two days in a row same session so that was fun yeah
2: is that a one shot or
1: no, no no uh our gm has started using chat gpt to prepare so he, he gets more done in this and the sessions have started lasting longer and everything so Yes, yesterday spilled into today. So that was great.
0: Uh, what is your character in that campaign?
1: I'm a bard cleric. Nice. Bard, bard, yeah, multi classed.
2: And what kind of board games have you been playing?
1: Oh, I play a bunch of board games. Uh, there's this really cool place where I live, and they have it's like a non profit. Uh, they have this place where you can come and board game and. I just out a lot of different stuff. It really depends on the mood from party games to heavy Euros and everything in between. And
2: it's 3 a.m. right now where you're at. So where are you, my friend?
1: I'm in Croatia, in Zagreb, the capital. So, yeah, it's 3 a.m. here. <laughs> Gamer hours, I guess.
2: <laughs> um, I've actually been to Croatia, believe it or not. I've been to Bosnia and Croatia and a few other places down there.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I used to live in... Bosnia Herzegovina. So got that covered as well. My family's actually from there.
2: Yeah, I used to I used to know a little bit of Bosnian, but pretty much all I remember now is stop or I'll shoot, I think. So um <laughs> 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 not very appropriate. Um Doc, what have you been doing outside of Hearthstone? Uh
0: yeah, so my girlfriend Cortland and I, we went on what was originally planned to be a fifteen mile hike. Um and it was It was absolutely beautiful. So those of you that don't know, I live in Southern Utah, so it's very like if you think of classic Western, that's the general landscape because a lot of classic Westerns were filmed in Southern Utah. Um, So kind of out in the desert, but I went out to the Cottonwood Canyon Wilderness area and you're just once you get out there, you're just surrounded by sandstone on both sides of you and you're walking like in an old dried up riverbed. And so like it's an easy hike. It's not that hard. It's just to get out there is like like nine miles of just hiking to get to the trail you want to get to. And but so beautiful. Like we saw so many cool things like this one's a little like kind of gross and like morbid or whatever. But on the way out, we saw uh, two back end rabbit legs that had been stripped of obviously taken off rabbit, but stripped of all of its like flesh and fur save for like the bottom foot. Uh, so some coyote or something got really lucky and had a pretty good meal. Um, we also saw like two black widows just like out, like out in nature. We saw a bunch of birds, bunch of lizards. Uh, we saw a new species of lizard that I had never seen before, which was a long nosed leopard lizard, which they look pretty cool. And it was, it was a gorgeous hike. I could honestly talk about it forever. Um, but we had plenty of water. We had both of our Camelbacks. Uh, luckily, we did not take the 50-mile hike because then we wouldn't have had enough water because we ran out like with like 30 minutes left. But we did have a big smart water bottle inside my Camelback with Liquid IV just in case. So thankfully, we had that. Um, but I started reading again, too. I've um, I started reading... The Forgotten Realms novel, uh, Shadowdale, which is the first book of the Avatar trilogy by Richard uh, Allinson, And it's a crazy book. It's it's older, but it's it's just fun D&D fantasy. Uh, but that's basically everything I've been doing outside Hearthstone.
2: I've actually read that lo- that a lot of those books and um, the Avatar trilogy is when all the gods get banished from heaven and they all have to take up yep. uh, a mortal form. And um if you've never read it before, there's some very interesting things that um are coming coming your way so um the the thing i found about those books is like i go back i tried to go back to and read them but like the 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 writing the stories were great but the writing is hard to get through because it's more geared towards i think young adult and um i always struggle when i get back to them like i just don't want to read through this but i love the stories uh but um i have been um mostly yard working um i turned 48 this week um uh, happy again. late birthday oh happy birthday thank you um it's been you know you know normal kind of cool weekend um but that's about it uh but doc why don't we um get to know our guests a little bit more
0: yeah i think that's a fantastic idea uh so donkey what got you started with the video games
1: that's a good question i i do not remember i was a kid <laughs> i saw like i don't know i was a kid i like People were playing video games. I liked video games. I was playing video games. Can't really say something specific about that. Besides, I okay. start, started as a kid. Uh,
0: so, how did you, how'd you find Hearthstone?
1: Hearthstone? Well, um, I, I never actually played a card game before. Like seriously, I collected Pokemon cards. It was always something that I found interesting. And actually at my first job, we had we a tech company. We had our own like, bar, cafe thing. And after work, one of my coworkers was playing Hearthstone on his phone. I was like, "Oh, that looks cool," or his laptop and stuff. Oh, that's that looks cool. We would talk about it over a beer, and that's how I got into it.
0: That's really cool. Uh, so next question: So you've made it to the last day of the Masters Tour. What What was that like, and how did it feel?
1: Oh, that was that was crazy. That was unbelievable. I. I Sometimes it's still hard to believe that actually happened, <laughs> and it was awesome to see and really appreciated all the support I saw from the community everywhere. Uh, like especially also the Latin America crew. Uh, when the reveal when they revealed that I actually made the top sixteen because there was a tiebreak situation and they were so ecstatic that just warms my heart whenever I think about it. So I it's. It's an amazing thing, and i'm sad I probably won't ha- it probably won't happen again, but yeah,
0: I believe you can do it uh so you're known for some interesting accessories during some uh events like the master's tour so what was your uh what was your thought process on that
1: uh well, first, my thought process when buying the accessories was like eh, this looks interesting, I can put in my beard, put it in my hair, <laughs> <laughs> and when it came to using it on stream, doing a master's series, it's like, I just wanted to showcase how this is, while it is a serious event that you take seriously, try to win, you try to do everything, it's also about having fun, you know, I was trying to have fun on stream and not just be serious all the time.
0: I I really like that approach because, like, at the end of the day, Hearthstone is a game and games are supposed to be fun. But it is also fun to see someone who's on that hyper end of the competitive scale be like, you know what? I want to be this competitive, but I also just want to, like, enjoy myself while I do it. Because there's some people that you watch on stream that just look absolutely miserable when they're up there. But, uh, yeah, thank you for being you and doing that um so this next question uh are you still trying to make another master's tour
1: uh not with this current system no uh it it got much much harder to make it to there uh especially for somebody in the eu really hard uh so i'm not really trying maybe if i high roll the first month of a three-month cycle Three month qualifying cycle and get a good finish on ladder, then I would try, but it's not something I'm going for, so it probably won't happen.
0: Okay. Um, so for people that haven't watched your stream but are interested in doing so, what would what should it what should the experience be that they should expect?
1: Well, um, you can ac- occasionally expect uh, beard accessories. That's one thing. <laughs> that that's some it's not always there, but sometimes, yeah. Uh, Another thing you can expect is, I often on stream like to try out stuff, I like streaming the process of trying to build new decks, though I do often, I will often stream just good decks and stuff, but I like, I have a niche deck building itch that uh, I think comes across well on stream, Uh, you will also see me often Figuring out my mistakes right after I hit end turn and what I should have done better, can expect a lot of that. And I don't know. You can expect Hearthstone.
0: Uh, what are you kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, with the changes to Hearthstone esports, um, do you do you feel like we can see a comeback with it being more popular, or do you kind of feel like this is a nail in a coffin until the nail gets taken out?
1: I, I'm not very optimistic about um, a comeback, at least not a Hearthstone-specific comeback. I could potentially see it as be like Blizzard-level, Microsoft-level strategy of pushing more esports and then Hearthstone being something that gets pushed along with that. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not optimistic about just Hearthstone only. I'm also not really a pessimist that we will have zero Hearthstone esports. I expect something like this next year, maybe with less money in it. You probably keep at least hundred K for the world because it's six digits, maybe. And But yeah, so I think we've probably reached an equilibrium where it still kind of makes sense as a status thing, as a content thing for Hearthstone, but it doesn't make sense to grow it more. One thing that might happen, might make it grow, is some kind of better communication, better uh, cooperation with third-party organizers. I think that's something that Blizzard might, how I would probably approach it as Blizzard, as somebody who wants to not invest too much in it, but have something, is to uh, push some stuff onto third-party organizers and give them some support to make, to have them hook into the official system. But I'm not optimistic about that happening.
0: Thank you for your insight on that one. So Donkey, you run one of the most important websites for competitive Hearthstone and for like smaller tournament organizers, such as like THL and some other things. Um, What was, what got you started on that?
1: Uh, well, my competitive side actually got me started because the first thing my site had was the feature with the leaderboards and invites. So you could see who was already invited and pass it down and where you're actually uh, at. Because the first time in the MT system where they had uh, leaderboard invites, I went for a finish. And I remember constantly cross-checking who was in, who, was, who got, really got an invite from a qualifier and stuff. So I just built a tool for myself, right? And then I kept on building more and more tools that things that I wanted to exist. And I guess other people also enjoy them. So that's how most of the stuff on my site came about.
0: That's pretty cool. Well, thank you. Because that's something that a lot of people use and it's, it's a very easy website to use if you have never used uh, donkey's plugin. Um, so do you have any new tools for your website planned in the future, or do you think it's good where it's at right now?
1: I I, I always have ideas. I always have ideas. Um, maybe not plans all the time. There's definitely stuff I want to do. Uh, right now, I think the most likely thing I would probably do is some kind of uh, tool for submitting deck lists, because we have this new tool for Tournaments, Mobius, but they don't have support for decklists, so that's a a hole right now in the competitive community that I think I could see my side filling, and it's something I was thinking about doing anyways. At some point, it's been in my head for a while, so something around that, probably. Maybe some maybe maybe some other stuff to help with uh, third party tournaments as well.
2: Yeah, we'll actually be using Mobius for um, next fight night. Um... We haven't announced what's coming. I, I've talked to you a little bit about it, Donkey. I'm, I'm very excited about it, but yeah, that, I I'm mean, that's exciting to hear because that's one of the. We ran a um, impromptu kind of tournament. Uh, we just four four people from my community, include myself, and um, just to test out the Mo- Mobius stuff. And um, we you couldn't submit a deck list, and we had somebody that miscued the same deck twice, and and there are some things there that are definitely problematic. But I mean, I think overall the tool is. Uh, I'm very excited about the tool, and it, it definitely gives us some... Um, it makes it easier to run some tournaments, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you how you integrate into that. That's, that's very exciting.
0: So, Donkey, what are your plans with your interaction with Hearthstone going forward?
1: Um, I mean, I still plan on playing Hearthstone, still plan on being competitive, playing um, third-party tournaments when I can. Uh... I will stream occasionally like I still do. And of course, I will still <laughs> support my website. Um, I do not think I will continue with HSC Sports and, you know, under the current system, like I said before. But yeah, it's it's mostly the same with less HSC Sports.
0: Okay. Well, Thank you for that uh tito i'm getting a little hungry my guy
2: i am as well so tonight our main topic is picking lineups for tournaments and and having donkey on seemed the perfect person for that since he basically wrote tools to make this happen so donkey if someone's going to into a tournament say one of these third party events or or something um where should they start with their
1: deck selection like what's the first step First step is um, figuring out what you have the dust for. I guess <laughs> what you can play. But aside from that, uh, you, you generally want to play good decks in in tournaments. Uh, you, you don't have to, but you generally want to play good decks. Uh, you gen- also uh, the format of the tournament matters if it's uh conquests or last zero standing. I most people play conquest, so I'm probably i I'm just gonna focus on conquest from now on. Uh but for me I would say there are like three, four main factors when it comes to choosing a lineup. Like the one I already mentioned is uh deck strength. Uh second would be bands. Bands are very important. You wanna have your decks that can use the same ban, that benefit from banning the same thing. Third thing that is good to have but not necessary is in conquest, uh, to be able to target the same thing. Decks that are good against something that will be popular. And the fourth is probably uh, how comfortable you are with decks. That, That can be like the least and also the most important thing because sometimes you have time to prep With the lineup, you can find a good lineup you think will work on paper and then practice with it. Sometimes you just don't sit well with the deck and can't play it. Or you you don't want to practice it like me whole last year with Boar Priest. I did not want to put the time into (laughs) learning that deck. And even though a lot of the times when I was looking at stats and stuff, I'm like, oh, Boar Priest would fit here. Nope, I'm not playing Boar Priest. (laughs) Scratch scratch that lineup.
2: That's fair. So you've touched on this a little bit. So so you're saying that... um there's many different aspects to picking which decks you want to bring,
1: yeah, and one thing I think uh that can be unintuitive is I mentioned like four stuff I n- never expect to have all four, I never expect to have all four I always expect like if i if one of those I fail at one of those I'm happy generally I'm happy with that. It's hard to have all four like you can get you can get good decks, you can get good decks that share same band that you're and that you're comfortable with playing them but then they probably don't target the same thing and that's still a very good lineup do you ever
2: take a deck that you're not comfortable with just because you think it's going to get banned like if like boar priest like like boar priest is popular or it's going to be heavily targeted so i'm just going to bring it to hopefully get banned and play the three decks i'm comfortable with Is, is there ever a strategy like that involved or is that too risky?
1: For tournaments, I think that's probably too risky. For something like THL, it can work. You <laughs> actually made me laugh because I think it was during Baron's Priest, Baron's Priest, uh, when that was uh, the thing. I was playing an NA and I, I, my NA collection there then wasn't good. I was missing like a couple legendaries. I still submitted Priest three like three weeks in a row, and he got banned every time, <laughs> even though I didn't have the deck. <laughs> It's, like not just how, it's not just that I wasn't even comfortable. I couldn't even have played the deck even if it wasn't banned. I would have had to dust a bunch of stuff.
2: <laughs> they were just banning Priest on site. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, but in a tournament generally, you're probably going to have to... If you're going to go far, you're probably going to have to play the deck at some point. Yeah, it's it's very rare that something's going to get banned all the time. Just in the cup.
2: In the top 16 you made, what was your strategy for uh, picking these de- the decks you brought?
1: Uh, the decks i brought um uh, my main thing at that time uh, was my ban right i often build around my ban i i i look at the the meta uh, understanding the ladder meta and everything and seeing what deck is most influential in the meta that's not necessarily the deck the best win rate but the deck that influences uh, the, win r- the win rates of other decks, how uh, you build decks and stuff, and ban that. Uh, at that time, uh, I think it was Control Shaman that was the best, so I wanted to bring something that bans Control Shaman, and, and bring Control Shaman, because it was so good, the, the random flow Control Shaman. So I, I just b- built around that, found decks that weren't actually performing that well on ladder because of the popularity of Shaman, because they were weak Shaman. But that were good when you ban Shaman.
2: So what would be like? I, I was I assumed that deck would have been pre-patch. That would have been maybe Spell DH.
1: Pre-patch now probably. I don't know. I, I didn't really build a lineup pre-patch. Maybe Unholy. Maybe Spell the uh, I, I do use a lot of uh, Visual Syndicate and uh, H3 play uh, ma- matchups to when building lineups to have a nice visual spread. Maybe it's my boomer brain. Maybe in this company I can't really call myself a boomer, even though usually in Hearthstone I feel like I can. But uh, I can't really keep all track of everything in my mind, and I'm too lazy to make my own personal spreadsheets for that. Uh, So I I look at the spread and stuff, and figure out uh, what's going to... I usually try first figure out what's going to use the band the best how to use the ban the best, if that's possible. That's usually my first go-to way to build a lineup is, what am I going to ban?
2: Okay, so you used the ban on, you were planning on banning the Control Shaman, then where did you go with the rest? How did you factor that into the, the decks you did select? I know um, this is in the Wayback Machine, yes. like about a year, uh, how old was it, six months ago? Um.
1: Yeah, I, I, that tournament I actually ended up kind of deviating from that strategy a bit and just bringing a deck... In the fourth spot, I couldn't find a fourth deck that I liked to fit the lineup, so I just brought a deck that I thought was also very good at the time. With um, big mage, wait, was that the right, is this the right tournament? <laughs> uh, my memory is works really. It's, the one, but, it's uh, the one where you
2: wore a bow tie in your uh, beard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the experiment. Yeah. So oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I had pluck. So yeah, I, I um I liked Naga Priest at the time. I really liked Naga Priest. And during that time I was I think I thought it was underrated and stuff, and I tried to often tried for a couple months there, a couple metas. I tried to find the lineups that worked with Naga Priest and that Naga Priest definitely wanted to ban Shaman. So that that was an easy inclusion for me in that lineup. Uh, after that, looking at stats and stuff uh, in seemed the best after I figured that out, but and lo- then like I said I couldn't really find a deck I was very comfortable with uh, as bringing a, as a fourth one. I think I was considering uh, Big Beast Hunter, I'm not sure. I think I was considering Big Beast Hunter at that time, and I brought it to a previously to an empty in a similar situation and didn't perform well, and it was dropping off in win rate like it usually does post-patches. So I just went with Big Spell Mage in the end. Uh, something that's just generally good on its so. own. So some folks try to invent,
2: uh, you see, You always see a few of these, where some people try to invent a new deck to throw a curveball, or, or they heavily modify a deck that it's not really the same deck that it was. Is this an effective strategy ever, or... Um...
1: It that is, it's hard to do right. Um, even like on ladder, it's hard to do that right. In tournaments, it's hard to do that right. Uh, if you're doing something really unique, you're probably trying to target something. If you're changing a deck list, that can be either part because of a target or part because of your ban. Because, uh, like I said, uh, bans affect it a lot, and sometimes, uh, Decks and Ladder don't just affect the win rates of other decks, but what you include in other decks. So maybe let's say I'm playing uh, Astelor in an aggro deck. It's standard on Ladder because you're seeing a lot of Blood Decay. But if you're, if you're going to bring the aggro deck that is, wants to ban Blood Decay, and you're going to be banning Blood Decay, you probably don't want those kind of things in your deck. You want to take them out and put in other stuff for other matchups. So, if you're doing that kind of things, I can see that. That works. That definitely works. If you're experimenting a lot, that's hard. That's very hard to do. And I would probably avoid that at first. if you.
2: Well, and that brings up kind of, um, a lot of times you, you always hear, like, hey, this is a deck, like, people take the decks they see in the tournaments and they bring them in the ladder and, and they're not, they don't one for one always kind of match up, like, a deck built for a tournament is going to be different like i know recently they're saying hey we're, we're seeing um the three mana uh the the two mana three two make your um uh enemy spells cost one more next turn the neck, the necro and like that's like this is I, I i recently heard this is really good for the uh tournaments don't bring it on ladder it's not as effective on ladder because of this that and the other how do you figure out what tech cards you want to bring for a tournament and 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 how many and for which matchups like how, how does that kind of factor into all this
1: uh, that can be pretty difficult because especially if you don't have experience playing tournaments, because the first thing you need to do is try and predict what the tournament meta what you'll be seeing in the meta in tournaments and that can be hard if you don't have data based on existing tournaments which you don't really have anymore because of lack of qualifiers and stuff and you, so that can be difficult, but generally, yeah, you, you you try and see what will be played. Like previous meta, uh, we had a spell DH. You, you think it will be popular? People are high up in legend, like playing it. So you generally want to see for higher level tournaments. You want to take a look and see what stuff is played more at top legend, because you're probably going to expect that to be overrepresented in tournaments compared to ladder, like. Things, decks that jump in popularity at High Legend are probably going to be uh, popular in tournaments. So th- those are good things to deck for as like a rule of thumb.
2: So and we've talked a bit about tournaments. Um, now there's probably more leagues, things like THL, that you can participate versus tournaments. Um, does how you pick a lineup for THL differ that much from picking a lineup for... Uh, tournament say uh, because you only you can do your tour- your league matchups once a week versus a tournament Which is a lineup you bring throughout the whole thing. Did you approach it differently or is it pretty much the same thing
1: I? Would say it starts pretty much the same I Always start and see if I can find the unicorn lineup that fits all four of my criteria that I mentioned in the beginning If I can find something like that. I'm just I'm just bringing that right, but uh, that almost never happens so it, then it depends on uh, the league format. Some leagues, like THL, you know you know who your opponent is going to be. You know who you're going to play ahead of time. And sometimes what they played before is very accessible to you and you can try and see if, you, oh, maybe I should ban them because I, I should uh, bring this deck because, or this lineup because my opponent favors control, so I want to bring something that's good against control or vice versa. But besides from that, I... Don't think it it matters too much uh, the the difference in the format between one match or multiple matches uh, besides the knowledge of for knowledge of who you're gonna play
2: okay um, yeah because I've been I've actually spent a lot of time trying to figure this out and this is all new to me and I, I jumped into the pro league and I am seeing people that I do not belong playing against and it is scary and it is fun. And I'm doing all right, but um, it's the, the planning my lineups is probably the hardest part. Like, I don't mind playing the games. It's intense, and you, 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 you reanalyze every mistake you made. But just getting that lineup right is, is so difficult. And I'm not going to lie. That's a big part of why I thought I'd have you on here today. Um, I'm selfish like that. So, But let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about um, what everyone's here probably to hear about is the Brawl CM. Um That's coming up this week. It was pushed out a week because of the patches. Um, now most of the podcasts are saying don't do the Brawliseum. It's not a good investment. You're gonna throw away a thousand gold or how, what, ten bucks, or whatever it is. And 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 but now they've added that little kind of extra. Hey, twelve wins, you get this like skin, which has been controversial. Um, I'm sure we all have feelings, and I personally I don't mind having something that not everybody can get. I understand other people's opinions that, hey, I've already been collecting all these. Now you put one that's out of reach. Whatever. So we're not going to get into that. Uh, we're going to acknowledge the fact that both sides have their opinions and both sides have valid feelings. But let's say you've already gone through all these thought processes and you're like, yes, I'm going to do Brawl Seam. So we're, pa- we're past all the, the pandering on how we're going to, if we're going to do it or not. We're, we're, we're in. We want to figure out a lineup. How do you pick your deck for Brawl Seam?
1: How do I pick my deck? I generally expect that uh, later on the meta is going to narrow down. Like l- By later on I don't mean time-wise, I mean win-wise. It's going to narrow down in a, in a similar way that Top Legend can narrow down with the scope of the meta. So uh, so I generally compare it to Top Legend, what I would expect to see there and, and try and bring something that I think would work in that environment. Uh, also just try and, <clears throat> try and pick something uh that is generally good and something i don't mind playing 15 games in a row of <laughs> cuz yeah if if i'm going to like 10 15, play 10 15 games and do well with it i want want it to be something i enjoy
2: now do typically certain archetypes do better in a thing like this like would it be better to bring something control or aggro or mid range like I understand that it's rock, paper, scissors depending on what the meta looks like, but in general, is it in something like this, would you be better suited to bring something like cause my, my first thought would be like something like a control priest or something like that would be the way to slowly grind through games and, and, and have outs and give yourself more opportunities versus if you whiff on your aggro, then, then you're over quick. Is there any kind of thought process on that, or is it really just dependent on what the meta looks like currently?
1: I, I think it just depends on the meta. I haven't really noticed any, anything like that where it's like certain type of archetype that is more prevalent in, uh, in the, these kinds of uh, Brawlzeums. Uh, you just look at the current meta and what's good. I, I don't know about Control Priest right now, to be honest, but maybe it's a good bring. I, I think uh, having your outs, if you're looking, if you're looking at maximizing how much you will win. Uh, it can be kind of a trap to pick something like a Control Priest because you want to maximize your outs. Because Not maximize your outs, maximize your options for having outs. Because if, if the aggro is going to perform better, it's going to perform better. If you lose quick, it's, you're still losing, even if you're losing quick instead of not hitting your out with the Control Priest. It, 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 I know how it does feel better to have the, oh, maybe I can hit this option and still have a chance in this game. That does feel a lot better, but it usually won't really actually help you uh, win more games.
2: Fair enough. Um, I was just speaking of Control Priest before this um, <coughs> Excuse me. podcast. Um, I was watching Wicked Good play on stream, and he was in the middle of a Control Priest mirror that had been going on for about 45 minutes. And he played oh a... And, and it wasn't over yet. It wasn't over yet. And he had just played a whirlpool that got rid of, I think, six or seven Finleys from both sides. Um, so, so I'm hoping that that'll be done by the time we're done with, by the time we're done with this show. Um,
1: That's another reason not to play Control Police in the scene. You have to have enough time to finish 12 wins, if you want to <laughs> win 12 wins, <laughs> which you might not have in a week. <laughs> yeah.
2: Now, now, are you planning on playing this time around?
1: I probably will. I probably play a couple of times. I'm. I haven't really been playing standard much lately, but I probably will play a couple. All
2: right. How about yourself, Doc? You planning on jumping in?
0: No, I did last time to get the to get their three win skin, and I got like four wins out of it. Um, but then it made me f- forget to buy the March of the Lich King. Uh mini set so no <laughs> what about yourself tito
2: I, i'll probably do one run um i'll probably i'll probably grab shadow priest and go in there but um if you're if you're still missing that um wrath of the lich king mini set maybe just a guy can let you borrow his golden one
0: <laughs> yeah because he sure as hell doesn't want it.
2: <laughs> so do you have any final advice, Donkey, for our wannabe tournament players? Like someone that's maybe new or even fairly seasoned but um, has never really maybe won a tournament or, or, or gotten that far. What advice would you give them, um, aside from what we already talked about?
1: Well, if you're new to tournaments, I was, my advice would be uh, just play. You no, know? Just play. It's, it's not that scary or anything. It, it can be very fun even if you lose. Like trying to push yourself. So for people who are are at that point, I would say just play. For the more seasoned players, I would say uh, think about how to maximize your chances. If you want to win, of course, maximize your chances with stuff that has nothing to do with Hearthstone. You know, like if you have a big tournament, get a good night's sleep, be hydrated and all that. That can have a big effect that you do not see. So I would say, for the seasoned players, think about your the overlap between how would you how you would optimize your Hearthstone performance and how you would optimize I don't know your chess performance because uh, it's quite similar when it comes to big tournaments.
2: That is solid advice. Um, and speaking of eating better, Doc, I think it's time for dessert. What do you think? <laughs>
0: yeah, I agree. Uh, so. Starting off, uh, we did get a new five-star review, um, as of Tuesday. So last week, just after we recorded. So it's by MIG exclamation point. Uh, sounds like a fun group of people I could communicate with often. Maybe I do seriously listen to this podcast. Now I'm telling you, you'll be happier with, with it in your lives. Uh, MIG, thank you for the kind words. Glad you enjoy the show. Um listeners if you would also like to have your review read on on the show please feel free to leave us a review or email the show and we can read that too. Um it really helps us out with visibility and lets us know if uh, how we can improve the show. Uh Donkey, where can people find you?
1: Uh you can find me on Twitter, DonkeyHS uh with a donkey with a zero. You can find me on Twitch, uh same, DonkeyHS with a zero. And you can find my website at donkey.top, again, with a zero on the donkey.
2: You definitely want to find his website, too. Uh, if you are not there, if you want to find your favorite streamer who's playing a deck, if they are connected, you can get that deck without any interaction with the streamer. You can just go find it. Um, I It was fun for me to actually put myself under streamers, and now you can find... Me as a streamer and the decks I'm playing and what ranks I'm playing and it, it, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. Why do we have the zero in your name? Is it just because it was cool? Are you like Dano and Dano and the O is cool for awesome or whatever he says? Uh, why Why did you decide to go with a zero instead of a um, standard O?
1: I could tell you, but then uh, well, I could tell you. Um, <laughs> uh, I it's pro I think it's a legacy from some time when. It, all was taken, and I just stuck with it, something like that, probably. I I I like thinking of it being something like the D in One Piece. If people watch it, One Piece, you know, <laughs> like now it's the zero, like me and Lorinda, and people we have the zero in our names. So yeah.
2: Um, Doc, where can people <laughs> find you?
0: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Doc McButt, and you can also email the show at bread and h s at gmail.com. Tito, how about yourself?
2: And you can find me at Tito Santana HS on both Twitch and Twitter. Donkey, is there anybody you'd like to shout out this week?
1: Um, I would like to shout out Hat. Congratulations on the new job again. And uh, shout out to you. Uh, for inviting me for, to be on the podcast for the first time, so thanks for that.
2: No, we're we're very glad to have you. It's 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 uh, I'm it's three a like I said it's three a m for him he or it's almost four a m now. So we appreciate you being here. And that was the first thing I was like, Donkey, are you sure this is going to be too late for you? He's like, As long as we can start a little earlier, we'll be fine. Um, Doc, how about <laughs> yourself?
0: Uh, yeah. So first off, Donkey, I want to shout you out for being here. Thank you so much. Like having someone that's like your caliber of player be on our show. Like it means it means a lot. And it's it's fun to get to see you and like get to interact with you rather than like sitting at my desk on my computer watching you play. Um it's cool to be able to actually talk with you and bounce some stuff back and forth. Uh and then I want to shout out uh Matt at Arms. Uh the other day I was uh just looking through my Discord servers and I saw that he was live in the Squelts co-op channel. So I just watched Matt at Arms play BGs for a while. I started playing BGs and then Zoroshio came in and he started playing BGs and we were all talking about how to make demons work because it was like the first or second day demons were back into the, the pool. Um Yeah. So thank thanks to all of you. Uh Tito, how about yourself?
2: Well, first off, um I think you got our um the person that did the review. Their name is not mig exclamation point the name is mig that's all <laughs> but thank you for the review we really appreciate it if if you happen to if you do communicate with us let us know who you are so we can say hi but if you don't if you want to don't you don't have to obviously um i just want to shout out donkey again for um staying up so late it's been it, it's it's great to have such a uh a, a, a smart person um smarter than the, the two of us at least I, I would assume doc we might agree i don't know um <laughs> and um, it, it's always great to learn from some great minds. And um, also, we'd like to uh, shout out um, Doc's best friend Daniel Stormrage Sheldon, who's out um, taking a week, a uh, well-deserved week off, I believe, out in New Orleans. And I'm hoping he's having a good time. And from the the, the messages we're seeing on Discord while we're performing the show right now, he apparently is. So uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, I think I think that's it for us. I think we're toast. I'll see ya. Bye bye.
1: Bye. Slide two brothers, meet one another When they
0: slide
1: up to the mic It's bread and butter with one another Let's start up that recording light